Good time of the day and welcome to another episode of And When I Say I Mean I Am Your Co-Host Adrian And I am your co-host Austin Welcome Yes, welcome We were just talking about um, if Austin was the dictator of the world Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What his first uh, decrees would be yeah, so I just pulled out um, The Lord of the Rings, which I trustfully keep by my side at all times. Mm-hmm. In middle school, I legit carried The Return of the King with me always and at all times. Was it so you could look up things or just so that you could read it for fun? Um, Both. I was a, I was, I think you you would know, I was a almost astonishingly cool middle schooler. <laughs> Having spent most of my middle school career the same time that you were also in your middle school career, I can affirm, yes. I remember one time, you know that, that Narnia shirt that we had that was like mm-hmm. purple and Aslan's just eyes are across yeah. it? Pretty sure it was blue, but yeah. I remember one time I got I got to study hall at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and someone it was right after gym class, and someone pointed out, that I had been wearing it backwards the entire time, <laughs> and I didn't notice. So I was, as I said, I was. So I was in Mr. King's room, uh, and I was really cool. I, for some reason, I was, I was like too, too lazy or just above everything to keep my head up while I read things. So I would sit at a desk, just boom. Put my head down, my forehead down, right on the edge of that table, and just read books like that. Uh huh. So I, and you know, it's Mr. King's room because it's right. those science tables. The that just, just with the those, black tops. Yeah, and uh-huh. anytime anything sweaty remotely touches them, they're they're mm-hmm. just they're soaked with moisture. Yep. So anyway, <laughs> all of this comes to my first act as. As um, dictator of the world, in case you guys, in, in case this pans out for me, being dictator of the world, just prepare yourselves. First thing I'm going to do, change the calendar. And I know what you guys are thinking. Yes, thank you. Our calendar is <laughs> so ugly. Yes, you're right. Buckle up. March 21st is now March 1st. Actually, I, I've I've changed some things. No. Okay, March 21st. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's do it. March 21st is now New Year's Day. It falls outside of all months and it's its own day. Wait, this is changed. I'm changing since... things up. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I've now I I consulting the back of the the Lord of the Rings. If you guys don't mm-hmm. know, there are calendars in the appendix of the Lord of the Rings uh for the different people. So that way you can you can tell what's the difference between um, Shire Reckoning and the Reckoning of the Gondorians, for example. Mm-hmm. So, and then New Year's starts March 1st at the at the spring equinox. So, all the equinoxes and the solstices, all the solsties are their own holidays. Uh, and then, so the 5th, every month is 30 days. Mm-hmm. And... And then, so the the one day that I have left over, um, you can just tack on wherever. It's a I holiday. I thought it was going to be mid mid year's day. Mid year's day is already a holiday though, because it's the fall equinox. Uh, I see what you're saying. So I might have to have like an official Christmas holiday that just falls outside of the year. Okay. Yeah, you could do that, or like a Midsummer's Day. Yeah. Though there is already a holiday for the equinox. Right, I know, no, but this would be in the middle of the summer. Okay, fair. Uh, and so, what's great about this calendar, I'm I'm finally anchoring our calendar to the solar calendar. The, our calendar has always really wanted to be aligned with the solar calendar, but it ha- it's not. So, let's, let's cement that. Um, and now that all the months are 30 days long, and those extra days are just floating, the day of the week is always the same for the month. Mm-hmm. And I th- I really think this is great. This allows Martin Luther King Jr. Day to fall on the same day every year. Uh, this allows 
those other holidays that float around randomly, Thanksgiving. It's now the same mm-hmm. day every year. And I think, importantly, it emphasizes Easter because unlike, um, unlike most Western holidays, Easter is a lunar holiday. It's the first Sunday after the first full moon of spring. After the spring equinox. So now it's the first Sunday after the first full moon of the new year. I think that is so much it's 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 so much better for Easter. It's it just like new life, new year, blossoming flowers, rabbits, mm-hmm. chicks. Beautiful. One of my succulents I I found out today is blossoming. Beautiful. I'm very excited. I was afraid it was kind of like a a, a monster, you know, like the movie yep. Alien. Yep, yep, yep where the aliens come out of people i thought it was like the plant version of alien mm-hmm, that's fair um, but it's not apparently this is what's supposed to, supposed to happen apparently i spent a lot of time this week planning what i would do in certain uh situations where i i'm taking over things so i okay. was i was discussing um being villains and, and so i said if you wanted to become a villain I would be in the market as your henchman. And okay. I was so I was trying to decide if is there when a you more... say me personally, you're talking about me or are you talking about just random people you're talking to? Only you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who was this conversation with? Just your I was friends? with Amelia. Okay. Um and so, so if I if if you I... decided to become a villain, okay. I would be willing to be your henchman. Okay. I so and I was trying to decide if there's a more positive version of henchmen, but I don't think there is. I mean, um, why can't we just be a team, a duo for good? We can. And I'm I'm willing to be your sidekick, also. Okay. Um, I have long considered myself as such. <laughs> right. So that seems more fitting. But if if we wanted to be villains, okay, I would still be your henchman, and so okay. I was plotting. If we were villains, what would we do? Easy, mm-hmm. start a cult. Right. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> we're on the same page. And so, and then I was thinking, man, if I had a cult at my disposal, <laughs> I would have so many lackeys that I could, I could investigate all the questions I'm interested in knowing the answers to, but it would definitely get me arrested um, if I did them myself. Okay. I see where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. So um, I I think one nice thing about a cult from a, a villainy standpoint, it mm-hmm. gives me good opportunities to investigate other villainous questions I'm interested in knowing the answers to, right? Um, without having to personally die, or definitely go to jail, you know? Right, right. Wow. So I've been doing a lot of scheming this week, I guess. Um, yeah, it sounds that do. way. Yeah, it sounds that How way. How about you? What have you been up to? Um, I haven't really been thinking a lot about becoming evil and starting cults. I haven't thought about that. Mm. Um, I told you about the guy who I overheard saying he wanted to start a cult, right? Who what? Wanted to start a cult? No. I'm sure I told you this. Maybe you did. I was I sitting remember. I was sitting in the student center of Clarkson. This was after a seminar. By the mm-hmm. way, I I apologize to Anthony from Pittsburgh, but I uninstalled Pokemon Go from my phone and it's been so liberating. Wow. It's it's unbelievable how much freer I feel. That's great. I'm proud of you. Thank you. But I'm I'm in the student center. It's after my mm-hmm. seminar. My seminar is worthless. Mm-hmm. But um I'm there battling the gym or something. Mm-hmm. And this guy behind me is say, is telling his friend his life's goal is to form a cult. Oh, and wow. it was the strangest conversation that I've ever overheard because mm-hmm. his friend is just like nodding along like this is a completely normal conversation. He's sharing normal life goals like, yeah. you know, I kind of want to have like, um, I don't know, like start uh, a business. Yeah. Um, and so, first of all, I don't think he would be a very good cult leader. Um, okay. Because he's trying to decide what his cult would be, and he wants it to be 
either atheistic or pantheistic, and he doesn't know what pantheism is. He was saying pantheism is that all the gods that have been worshipped coexist. That is not what pantheism is at all. And so mm-hmm. I think to be an effective cult leader, you really have to be either A, charismatic, or B, a true believer. Ideally both, but charisma, I think, is, is definitely, you, you definitely need both. Or either, <laughs> you, you need either. And I right, don't think right. this guy has Has that. either. Okay. Um, but I see him around on campus now, and I'm always like, should I, should I like warn people? It doesn't sound like he poses much of a threat. I don't think he does, but like, okay, I don't know. I I would feel bad if he did start a cult, and, and I people. knew about it the whole time. I really didn't okay. tell you that. No, I don't think so. Hmm. I mean, I guess oddly enough, I did kind of have a conversation that was about me becoming a cult leader, very indirectly, but more along the lines of what is my motivation in having friends. So, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, went for a run this morning. How was that? Cold. Yeah. Um, Man, I was just talking to Zane. He said it was the low 60s today in Lancaster, and I'm so mad. It's like 33 right now. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, it was cold. Um, I haven't really known the days of the week all week this week. Mm. Um, it's been kind of rough, but okay, I guess. Um, we had a community group yesterday. We had some chili, um, so we were walking around the student section just holding bowls of chili. Um, We, what happened Tuesday? Tuesday watched Mamma Mia. Here you go again. Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again. Um, Went over to Becca's and watched it with her roommates and had sushi. Mm. It was good. The movie, I'm going to disagree I don't think that the second one's as good as the first. Oh no. It's not. It's just not as good. Is Mary from First Reformed in the second one? Yeah, she's still there. Okay. I'm also I don't know. I just Oh, Adrian. She What? Lily James is in that movie. I saw her. She is a fantastic singer. I hope she sings in Downton Abbey. She does not sing in Downton Abbey. Okay. Well, she's a wonderful singer. She does in Baby Driver. Okay. I is she fantastic in that? Um, I don't know. She's not much of a character in Baby Driver, if I'm being honest. Okay. Well, she sings though, so mm-hmm. that's good. Um, let's see. Yeah. That's pretty much been my week. Nice. Work's been Yeah. Work. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been typing a lot. Yeah. Yep, that's a. It's just. Oh, I did also collect data. I used um. I used four bottles of antacid mm-hmm. for this experiment. I text. I text my supervisor to say, "Hey, I ran out of antacid," and so I'm at IGA looking for rye flour. He calls mm-hmm. me and he's like, "How did you use all of the antacid?" <laughs> but and so the the problem is I was going across the tank not down the tank so uh anyway i had to use more antacid to make up for that okay that makes sense Mm -hmm. all right so what do we want to talk about this week um i don't know i hear you're introducing us oh so speaking of evil cult leaders Mm -hmm. is it possible for evil cult leaders or are evil cult leaders always going to be evil cult leaders or can they become good? Wow, that was not at all the direction I thought we were going. I just was trying to tie it in. We can go <laughs> however you want. <laughs> just say what the real thing is. Austin wants to talk about redemption. I also want to talk about redemption. Give us some context. I don't really know what the context is. What? Yes, you um, do. It's so broad. Okay. So this past weekend... We were back in PA and visiting one of our friends who 
I have been describing it was in an accident, but that really kind of doesn't. That makes you think like he was in a car. Mm-hmm. He wasn't in a car. It's um, like an accident happened to him. Yeah. Long story short, he was in the hospital. He's doing great, as far as I know. Um, well, all things considered. Mm-hmm. So, the the idea wrapped around redemption that we're going to start this conversation in, because, I don't know, I think the idea of redemption can go a long ways. Mm-hmm. Or lots of different ways. But So, this weekend, we were back in Pennsylvania for this very traumatic and sad and scary event. And yet throughout the weekend we were able to have a good and positive time as well as it being a positive outcome um yeah i i have been hesitating to describe the weekend as fun but mm-hmm. i found myself having fun a lot over the weekend right and one of the, the other things i was kind of thinking about is like how do we balance or how do we interact with good things during bad times or bad times bad things during good times or happy and sad moments how do these things mesh together and how do mm-hmm. we walk through those things being both respectful of of the sad and hard times and not just being overly cheerful mhm yeah i so for me this weekend reminded me of, and I know you're not going to believe this, the end of War and Peace. Um, really? Yes. And mm-hmm. so last summer I was watching the TV series War and Peace with my parents. Hey, guess who's in that TV series? Um, Lisa James. It's Lily James, but yes, Lily she plays James. Natasha. Uh-huh. Lisa um, James, I think, goes to my church. Natasha is a singer, but I don't think Lily James sings at all in the TV series. Wow. What they a cut, letdown. They cut out a lot for the TV series. It's, okay. It's, um, or they condense a lot. Anyway, um, so big old spoilers coming right down the pipeline. Bring them. Um, War and Peace ends. Uh, the TV series ends with Pierre, seven years in the future, sitting around with his family and his brother-in-law's family and some other people. Mm-hmm. And they're just having a grand old time. There's kids about, and Pierre says that uh, he didn't wish for the hard times when they happened. He ends up being a prisoner of war for the French and being marched across the Russian frontier during winter. Mm-hmm. Um, but now looking back, he wouldn't... If he had to, if he had to go through it again, he wouldn't want to not go through those hard times. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's what I think is like the the beauty of this this weekend. What this that's what I hope comes from this, and that and that's what I hope comes from all bad things that mm-hmm. that they can't be redeemed. That even though things are hard, times are challenging. Um, and bad things happen seemingly at random and like pointlessly. I hope that we can look back and say, I didn't wish for that to happen, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be where I am without it happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that sounds great, but how do we get there? Like, I mean, I I mean, I agree with that. I think, yes, we want to be able to say, yes, even though that was a hard time, I'm glad for how I came out the other end. Mm -hmm. But how do we not just die in that hard time? How do we we not die in the frozen Russian wilderness never to make it to our family gathering with our nieces and nephews? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I I think... I think that's where other people come in. Um, so I, th- I think a really, a really powerful thing that the Bible commands us to do is to um, rejoice when other people rejoice and to weep while other people weep. 
because I, I think in right now we're bad at dealing with grief. Mm-hmm. Um, even even the way I just said that sentence right there, I think indicates uh, what our relationship to grief is. It's something that we we see as needing to deal with. Mm-hmm. But I think grief can be a, a really powerful way to build connection. I th- I think it's something that we should allow to allow to be in and and, and to to enter into that with other people. Mhm. Mhm. So, so in order to make it through those rough times, we need to have other people to walk through them with us. Yeah. Um Yeah, so in in the the Russian wasteland, Pierre meets this guy. I think his name is um Platov Karadov or something. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to find it. Um, it just sound like you said like Platov Carrot Top. <laughs> it's it. I I think it is like that. Hold mm. on, let me try to find it. Um, Can I tell a joke oh, while you're trying to find it? It's Plat Platon Karatev. Yeah. Okay. Um, is that a yes to the joke or to the Karatev? No, I already found it. So, fine. Uh, tell your joke. I hate Russian dolls. Okay. Why do you hate Russian dolls? Because they're so full of themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's pretty good. Thanks. But anyway. I got it from a box of dad jokes. Pierre meets this guy named Platon Karatev. Mm -hmm. And he really helps guide Pierre through this hard time and just helps him to appreciate things like butter on a potato which i do not appreciate honestly because potatoes are bad but if you're eating just potatoes imagine how much better butter on potatoes would be right right so when when pierre gets back to st petersburg mm-hmm. he has these potatoes and he's he just he starts just wolfing them down but then he reflects and remembers um to enjoy the time that he has with them so and so I was also reminded of a different time while I was there this weekend. Someone who mm-hmm. was also there. Uh, one time, Zach and I were we were home this past summer, I think. And Zach had stopped at a Sheets. Uh, guess what he was doing at the Sheets? Getting hot dogs. Yes. He, was, he stopped to get four hot dogs for $2. Um, and, but the battery died in in the Saturn <laughs> while he was there. Um, so the next day, this is Sunday now, and I have to leave and go back to Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before I do that, I go and we try to uh, jump Zach's car. does not work. And so then we try to take out the battery. We have to go back home. This is the sheets mm-hmm. in Mount Joy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so we go back home, and Dad, for some reason, is gone. And has taken the Allen wrenches with him. <laughs> I have no idea why this is true. I don't know where mm-hmm. he was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I call up uh, this guy I know who we're keeping a secret apparently. Um, and say, hey, we have we're out of Allen wrenches. Can you come over and help us out? Um, so he does, and we I. I almost lo- we lose one of the Allen keys in the engine, and we're like oh shaking the car trying to get it out. It was on the ground the whole time, as it turns out. <laughs> uh, but we finally get this battery out. Drive over to Advance Auto, get a new battery, come back, put it in, and I said, "Hey, thanks for helping us out." And he says, "That's what the the body of Christ is about." And so to me, that's what the that's what that's what we do as the body of Christ. We we are the incarnation of of Christ to each other. Um, we we give of ourselves, um, seeking to seeking the pleasure of others before our own. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, 
not not only do we need other people, we need to be the other people um, in their times of grief and mm-hmm. in their times of struggle. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's easier than others. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like reflecting. It's easy to do that for the people that we love most. But how much... I don't think that the call is for us to do that for the people that we love most, but to do it for, for mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah. And so how can we give up our weekends and our time and our money and our energy for the ones, the people that are hard to love? Mm-hmm. I, I, or yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think that I'm necessarily that great at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's challenging, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, my favorite, I'm just going to apparently talk only about Russian books today. That's okay. That shouldn't be surprising. It's not. Uh, but my favorite scene in War and Peace, and when I say War and Peace, of course, I mean Crime and Punishment, mm-hmm. is it's right in the middle of the book because Dostoevsky's a genius. By the way, he dictated Crime and Punishment. He had drafted out a first draft that was in first person. He didn't like it. Mm-hmm. dictates it to his I think it's his second wife at this time anyway uh, Raskolnikov and Sonia are together in an attic reading the story of Lazarus mm-hmm. and Sonia is, is saying to Raskolnikov that it's only through the word of Christ that we are resurrected and so I think as we are we are the body of Christ, so it's only through the work of Christ that we're redeemed. It's only through the work of Christ that we have the hope of resurrection. So I think the way that we redeem the challenges in our lives, the way that we the way that we look back and say, I never would have wished that for us, but I'm glad it happened mm-hmm. is is to be the the presence of of God mm-hmm. in those situations because it's only through the outworking of Christ that things are redeemed. Mm-hmm. And I think too another thing that I keep thinking about is like hope and how I think hope is very crucial to. Mm-hmm. To this, I don't think, I mean, again, I don't know. I'm going to use the reference of him wandering through the wilderness of Russia during the winter. And yeah, Mm -hmm. it's great to have Carrot Top next to you, right, to encourage Mm -hmm. you and talk about butter. But if I have no hope for something on the other side of this frozen wasteland, like, I don't think I'm ever going to make it. And even if if I don't, right, but if, what's his name, Crouch? Karatin, Karatev, Karatev, or those if probably Karatev, Karatev. Right, I was randomly closer. Um, if he also has that hope, even if I have no hope, right? But if he's there bringing that hope, mm-hmm. that is what also helps him there. So I, I think that is very crucial to redemption as well. Mm-hmm. If we don't have hope, then I think that there is no redemption. Oh uh, no, I don't think that's true. I mean, you cannot have hope in a in a moment, but the the future can change what that moment's like. What do you mean? Right, I've been thinking about it a lot. Like, I go back and forth about whether it was good or bad for me to have graduated when I did. Mm-hmm. And that. And now my thoughts about that don't really depend at all on how I felt at the time of those events. It really depends on now what's happening and how I view those things. Okay. And so, like before, I thought it was good that I would graduate so I could leave and get on with things. And I didn't like it there. But then when I was actually about to graduate, I was like, oh, maybe this is a mistake. And I should have stayed here. And then 
like since then I have gone back and forth as to whether or not it's a mistake and that like I think how we look at the past is largely determined by our present yeah but I don't know if that's necessarily what I'm I'm saying I I think that the way what I'm saying is how we get through the present the present is by hope for the future Hmm. Yeah, I guess, but I, I guess my point is that hope for the, you, things can still be redeemed even if you don't have hope in the moment. Yeah. Right, but I think that we, yes, okay, I see what you're saying. So, and something in the past can be redeemed even if I don't, if I am, without hope in that moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can agree with that, but I still think you need hope eventually right yeah that's important and i like i wouldn't want to be without it but i like i think it's comforting that i don't know maybe maybe i'm too naive in my own viewpoint but i think it's comforting that it doesn't depend on your hope Mm mm-hmm Yeah. No, that's true. Because, yeah. Because if everything depended on my own hope, mm-hmm. I that it wouldn't be very good. No, that's true. And maybe that's how we can get through, right? Or how... Maybe that's more of what it is. It's cause, because it's not based on... Mm-hmm. Because it's not; it doesn't have anything to do with me, right? And so the redemption of something doesn't have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Right, yeah. I would say, it, as I've said, it depends on the work of Christ, and that's what I think is a really great phrase in. It's not just in the Nicene Creed, but I see it show up most often in the Nicene Creed, is mm-hmm. that um, Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, like implying that his work is done. Mm-hmm. Like his work of redemption for us is completed. Yeah, so so what does that mean? Because I I feel like I look at myself a lot and think, wow, like, essentially I need to be redeemed, right? Or this aspect of who I am needs to be redeemed, or mm-hmm. this, and, and something that's active, right? Not necessarily an event in my past, which I think that those things can be redeemed, but, like, me as a person and the things that I do and the the personality traits and these things, like, if Christ has already done those things, what does that look for me you know mm-hmm. well i think i think it's a really like amazing assurance for us i was i was reading a wow i'm just hitting all of my cliches i was reading an atlantic and the article and when i say that i mean an article in the atlantic uh-huh and um it was this writer talking about uh why she loves the book of genesis and because it's it's she she says she likes to write in third person even though it's weird uh like third person omniscient is a weird way because that's not how we look at the world right like that's never how we experience the world mm-hmm. um and so she likes in writing her own work likes to ask like what's the moral universe of this universe like like what's the moral environment like and so she says what she loves about the book of genesis is the story of joseph and how um god is able to take things mm-hmm. right that are intended for evil god intends for good mm-hmm. and so i think that's it gives us such an assurance and hope i think for anything that that we encounter 
that the the work of redemption has been fulfilled. So mm-hmm. then it it takes, and so now it's like it's not that I'm putting off to the future, looking back and saying I'm glad that this happened, but I I can say this is what I want from the future, mm-hmm. and and I think that allows me to have a lot of peace in the current situation because I know that looking back on this weekend because we were there and because of the time we were able to to share and be with people and get kicked out of the hospital because we're too rowdy and having like a joyful time mm-hmm. like that work of redemption is already done even though like it hasn't happened to look back on yet. Right. Right. Mhm. Mhm. And and it's already done in our own lives as well, mm-hmm. like Right. So like we can look at our own shortcomings and say how is this going to be used for the glory of God? Mhm. Like how how does this weakness make God strong in me? Mhm. Yeah. So <laughs> kind of for me the i was recently started and then didn't end up watching but i watched like rewatched like some of community like the first season or something mm-hmm. like that and as i was watching it i was like wow what's his name jeff glover jeff oh. <laughs> jeff winger is the absolute worst mm-hmm. and then the next thought that comes into my mind is you're jeff winger and i'm yep. like i didn't want to say that but no, but it's true, right? And like, and like to me, that was like really terrible because I was like, here is someone I can't stand, and who I think is absolutely the worst, and I see myself in him. And so I think, yes, that is true, right? I think that in some ways I am Jeff Winger, or I am similar to Jeff Winger, and the personality that I have is similar to his. Mm-hmm. But then the the hope and redemption is, is that I don't have to be Jeff Winger mm-hmm. um, because I have Christ and what Christ has done for me. I have been redeemed. And so instead of being like Jeff, I can be like Christ, mm-hmm. which is like the ultimate. And so the things I think the thing about redemption is not thinking about, okay, this is how I am and this is how I act. And it looks like Jeff Winger and I hate that. So that must mean it's terrible. It's saying, no, because that's how God made me. And yes, if you use those in the wrong way and fall into sin, it's going to look terrible and you're going to be a terrible person. And we could but, form a great cult. Exactly. But because of Christ and because of what he's done and allowing him to live through me, those things that could be used for evil, mm-hmm. really God means for good. And so as much as it is painful for me and like almost like terrible for me to watch Jeff and be like, wow, I can't stand that. It also can be encouraging to be, yeah, like I can look at my life and say, I'm not like that because of what Christ has done. Mm -hmm. And that's, that can be really encouraging. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah, I I don't know. I think that that is something that's key about redemption is it's not getting rid of things or removing things. But the word redeem means that it's yeah. still there. Yeah. Um and and the way the the phrasing or how it's used or or I'm not sure of the exact re- definition of it is it's changed. So Again, like the idea of Joseph is, I think, like the perfect, well, maybe not the perfect, but a great way to visualize mm-hmm. redemption and that, you know, <laughs> what his brothers meant for evil is really meant for good. And so, yes, that that action still happened, right? Mm-hmm. He was still imprisoned. He still went through all these terrible things, but it was redeemed in that God was able to use it for good. Yeah, yeah, or to use... Dostoevsky's um, borrowed metaphor, like 
something can't be resurrected unless it's died. Mm. Or what in the at the end of the prayer attributed to Saint Francis it says it is by dying it is in dying that we are reborn. Mm-hmm. Um and what so do, what does that mean? Well I, I think it it really gets to I think the the greatest like beauty I think of of God's work for us that despite it's not that he ignores the things that we've done wrong and it's not that we we reject those parts of ourselves that can be used for evil mm-hmm. but it's so it's not just like going from a standstill to going in one direction it it truly is repentance in mm-hmm. the sense that you're turning from one thing to another um and so to me you get the full dynamic range of what God's vision for us is and for the universe is that yes all these bad things happen and these are things that we weep for Mm -hmm. but in spite of that and not even in spite of that but through those things um, I think we see the working, the working of God in us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think for me, I think another important thing is that we can't do it on our own. Mm-hmm. Like, we need Christ to do it through us, right? Like, if I try to redeem myself, it's gonna fail every time. Or if I so. And so it is, so that's kind of the aspect of dying, right? That I think mm-hmm. maybe they're getting at it. It's not necessarily dying and leaving my dead self behind. And some, it, it is kind well, of. Well, no, it's, it, well, it's, but it's resurrection though. Like. That's you, true. Yeah. You bring, everything comes back just mm-hmm. in a, in a new, a new life. Right. And so I have to. Again, I'm not saying that I'm good at this, but right, I have to let go of all of those things that I'm holding on to and allow God to really kind of move in and and use that. And I think in a lot of ways that it, it can't happen if we aren't spending time with God. At least I guess that's kind of something I'm thinking about. Like, I don't know. Like it's it's not going to just happen, mm-hmm. but we have to spend time with God and know God and trust God mm-hmm. that that He will, you know, fulfill us and redeem us. Right. It's through His work that we are redeemed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and by His word we are reborn. Dostoevsky, of course, meant that for all of Russia, as well as Raskolnikov. But I think it applies to us as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it also... Another thing that I am kind of... have been thinking about lately is, like... Can everyone be redeemed... And like, in some ways, I think the obvious, like my instinctual answer is yes, of course. But do I actually believe that? Mm-hmm. And like, do my actions, yeah, reflect yeah. that? You know, mm-hmm. like, do my interactions with other people reflect that I believe that they can be redeemed? Mm-hmm. I and if I'm being honest, I don't know. I don't think that that is always my belief in my heart of hearts mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is kind of hard to say but it's probably true that's why i think we should to suddenly turn political i think mm-hmm. that's why we should abolish the death penalty 
Okay. Um, because I, I think it it really flaunts the what I believe to be true that everyone can be redeemed. Right. It kind of I don't know, like asserts our authority over what God says of us. Right. It it's it's almost as if we're making the final judgment. Right. The this and not even us, but the state is mm-hmm. saying that this person can't be redeemed for what they've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was just a Supreme Court decision that uh, they wouldn't stay the execution of someone who would likely drown on their own blood after a lethal injection. That sounds terrible. Yeah, um, but right, I don't like. I don't think we should abolish the death penalty because it's cruel. It's cruel and unusual. Like. I I don't think you can argue that the death penalty is not or is on uh, is unconstitutional but I'm like what are, what are we bothering with arguing about whether it's unconstitutional or not let's like argue that it's immoral Mhm Right Although that's not really how our government works It could be it could if, be. Like, if we say something's immoral and then pass a bunch of laws, like, we can amend the Constitution. It's true. No, I agree. And I think, too, like, yeah. How, why, how, how do we get to decide if we, if someone can be redeemed or not? Mm-hmm. I'm thankful that someone allowed me to... <laughs> And, and continues to allows me to be redeemed, right? Mm-hmm. Why would I limit that to other people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, any other thoughts about redemption? Yeah, just to just to finish out the my ongoing series of plugging things. That's this is why I think season three of Daredevil is great, because it's really, it's really asking who can be redeemed and who who has who will claim the authority to say people can't be redeemed. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's that's really an ongoing discussion in the in the Marvel Daredevil. Netflix shows um, where Matt is is constantly challenged by the people around him like asking questioning his belief that everyone can be redeemed and is thus worthy of life mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah I think we are. Yep. I agree. So, any uh, recommendations then? Yeah. So, I think I think that my first recommendation would be around redemption. I think right, just looking at I recommend for myself again and kind of challenge to say, okay, what if I actually believe that everyone can be redeemed? Mm-hmm. How does that change my interactions with people? And then the second part on that is what if I actually believe that I can be redeemed and, and the things that I look at myself and say, okay, these aren't where I'd like them to be, or I don't like these things. Um, believing that those can be redeemed and then not only just believing that, but asking God to say, Hey, like (laughs) redeem this in me. Um, whatever that looks like to kind of lay our life down so that we can be resurrected and redeemed. Um, I don't know. I think that's something that I kind of want to think about this week and reflect on and, 
and yeah what does that what does that look like so mm-hmm. that's my recommendation to to you and myself and the listeners um my next recommendation i so okay i know i said earlier that mamma mia 2 here we go again is not as good yep and it's not um definitely recommend watching the first one if you haven't seen it um but it's still worth watching it's still fun it's still enjoyable um abba is great i just recommend abba mm-hmm. if you you know just want to listen to abba and aren't a fan of potentially cheesy musicals just listen to abba it's great although let me tell you the choreography in this movie is fantastic again maybe that's not your thing but check it out is, is um, there a split screen duo yep. duet mm-hmm. of longing mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. my goodness mm-hmm. Uh huh. It was so good. It was like <laughs> it really lit- is a musical. No, it truly is. It was like exactly what you're imagining. Yeah. The the classic. Um, it, it, she was in Greece. He was in New York City. They were like oh, going through yeah. a hard time. Guess what they were singing, Austin? Fernando. No. Um, knowing me. We and talked about you. it this weekend. Yes. Oh, it was so that's good. So, oh, that's oh. beautiful. <laughs> I know it was. You should watch that scene if you don't watch the whole thing. It was fantastic. Let me fantastic. tell you, anyone, if you're listening, if you ever decide to write a musical, if there is not a <laughs> long-distance split-screen duet in this musical, I will walk out. <laughs> like, it, uh, legitimately, it is not a musical unless this happens. Oh, man. This one was one of the best ones I've seen in yeah, a long time. That's a that's a great song for it. Yeah, it really was. It really was. It was heartbreaking and beautiful and everything at the same time. There's not really a long distance. Does such a thing exist in Hamlet? I'm trying to think of it. And I want to say Hamlet. Hamilton? (laughs) Of course, I mean Hamilton. Um, um, Not really. There's, um, unless you count. um, Like take a break. But not really. Maybe, or the one with uh, Burr and Hamilton, where they're singing about their children. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You could yeah, maybe yeah, count yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. That is, th- that's like one of the better songs in the musical. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Chance the Rapper has the worst <laughs> rendition in the world, but apparently no one else thinks that. I think you're just biased. What do you got for us this week? Well, my so my last round of scheming mm-hmm. uh, regards Pushkin Industries, and so do I know what Pushkin Industries is. Pushkin Industries is a it's a cohort of people that make podcasts, mm-hmm. and so you might be some of their familiar with some of their podcasts, such as Revisionist Histories and Broken mm-hmm. Record. Basically, it's Malcolm Gladwell's podcast conglomerate okay and so this this week i learned that michael lewis my other nemesis has joined pushkin industries and has released a podcast and the podcast is called something like against the rules and so it their first episode came out this it's against the rules with michael lewis for those of you who don't know michael lewis and malcolm gladwell are the guys that writes smart things to people who are uninformed. Okay. Anyway, I listened to this first podcast by Michael Lewis, and it was phenomenal. If For those of you who don't remember, he was the guy who wrote um, The Coming Storm, which is a – it's like a short work mm-hmm. about people taking weather data – off of government websites and it was the most engaging thing I had listened to that entire month. Mm-hmm. So this podcast, it was great and I was so mad because <laughs> Michael Lewis and Malcolm Gladwell are my nemeses because they are so good at what they do and I think they are they're they're wasting much of their time writing about things like baseball and whatever Malcolm Gladwell talks about. <laughs> and it's just like, you guys are such good writers. You can make 
taking weather information off of government websites a palpable tragedy? Mm-hmm. Write about freaking anything. Write, write fiction because I think fiction is more important than anything. So just I, – I want them to do – I want them to write fiction uh, mm-hmm. for my own sake. And so this is, this is my final scheme of the week. Okay. Um, my scheme is to form a rival, a rival podcast conglomerate called okay. Gogel Industries. For those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, Alexander Pushkin is a poet slash um, a poet slash uh, novelist of mm-hmm. uh, the 30s and 40s, the 1830s and 40s. Obviously, mm. the 19th century is the only good century for literature. Got it. Um, the the 1830s and 40s uh, in Russia, he mm-hmm. is basically. Uh, somehow both the Lord Byron and Shakespeare of Russia. Uh, he was eventually he was killed before his time in a duel. Uh, the Tsar was upset with him, so they told this guy to pick a fight with him. He did, fought a duel, killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Dostoevsky beautifully eulogized him at his funeral. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Nikolai Gogel is kind of the founding father of Russian literature. And so the founding crazy uncle of Russian literature is Nikolai Gogel. And so Pushkin is the founding father. Pushkin is the founding father. Yes. Gogel is the, the crazy Gogel uncle. is the founding crazy uncle. He his okay. most famous short story is called The Overcoat. My mm-hmm. favorite short story is The Nose. Um mm-hmm. and it's about a nose who wanders around Russia. Uh, his his longest work is called Dead Souls, and it's anyway. It's not important what it's about. So, this is my podcast conglomerate, Gogel Industries. Yep. Uh-huh. We become powerful enough to tr- take down Pushkin Industries, and okay. uh, in my act of my act of revenge is achieved when Michael Lewis writes a fiction book about whatever he wants. And it'll be amazing, and I will be so happy. And Gogel Industries can drift away into the forgotten moats of the past. I think I'm missing how Gogel Industries forces Lewis to write a book by just being the greatest podcasts ever. We 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 draw away all of the people who would listen to their podcasts. So we we steal all of their podcast listeners, and we have okay. them all in our iron fist. And, we and say, then we say, John, we, Ryan we Lewis. will go away if and only if you write a work of amazing fiction, Michael Lewis and Malcolm Michael Gladwell. Lewis. And they reluctantly give in to our demands, uh-huh. and then we release <laughs> their podcast listeners to return <laughs> to them. Okay. This is my fi- third and final scheme. Okay, Actually, let's... that could be my my fourth act as dictator of the world. Now that I'm thinking about it, the, it could be. But we're gonna look up to um. How you spell go go? G o g o l, soft sigh. There is no English equivalent to the letter soft sigh, though. So it'll just take G o g o l. What's the what's the other one called? Putnam. Pushkin. Pushkin. Is that spelled how it sounds? P U S K I N. Actually, it's P U S H K I N. Okay, here we Fun go. Fun fact: K H is a single letter in Russian. Um. Let's see if Gogel. Dot .fm exists because that would match their website. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is – in the meantime, feel free to listen to Michael Lewis's podcast because it really is great. And it's just like uh, you're so engaging all the time. Just 
just just write fiction. Gogel.fm is already taken. Oh no, by whom? I don't know, it just says it's unavailable. <sighs> Somebody else has already taken our idea. Well, maybe I'll have to join them. Or Oh, let's just go to gogel.fm. Yeah. This podcast is basically over, though, so if you guys want to head out, feel free. But <laughs> we'll, we'll be here. Yeah. Gogel.fm. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.